Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast for the most part, with me, Nate Langson. And me, for the most part, Ian Morris. Where's the rest of you? It's uh, Sunday, I'm tired. Ah, good. Well, it's the same for me, on both counts, yeah, indeed, yes. the, the Sunday... And, uh, it's supposed to be a day of rest, isn't it? And yet here we are at the millstone of tech news yep. and uh, high-end discourse. God, good use of the term millstone. That is not a word that comes up often enough, much like the word behoove, uh, which yes. I love the word behoove. Um, I'd like to welcome everyone who is listening to us live. Kate in the live chat has posed the question, does that mean your mouth and anus are the same thing? Now, yes, I mean, that is the case, really. Be- it- be- believe it or not, that is a highly relevant question um, based on what we've been talking about before the show started taping in earnest. Uh, and if you want to join those, obviously, go to Patreon, become a patron. Taping? And- no one's taping this. It's being rendered, as I open my can of Coke Zero, mm. to a computer hard drive as a series of zeros and ones. Let's do some news. The Telegraph wrote this week that GCSE and A-level students would be allowed to use AI services like ChatGPT and coursework under plans being discussed by members of parliament in Whitehall. The newspaper said that test setters are talking to government types to draw up some guidelines uh, for the use of AI ahead of the exams coming up this summer. It's quite soon. Now, the we, we, we talk about test setters. These are the folks who actually create and write the exams that kids, bless them, have to take. People like Pearson, let's say, which owns ZXL, does GCCs, A-levels, uh, BTECs, stuff like that. Now, you know, for, I used to work for an exam board. I must have told you this before. Did you? Yeah, I worked for um, AQA. Oh, I remember taking some AQA exams. I say taking. I remember looking at the paper and thinking about <laughs> computers. Something else. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I did um, I did IT support for AQA for a year before mm. I went to the BBC. Didn't know that. Yeah. Fascinating. And I did, this, I, I did the summer script checking as well, which I was awful at. Um, uh, but fortunately, it was a very nepotistical place and my mother worked there, so I was allowed to stay, even though my maths isn't good enough. Oh dear, that is tragic. Well, Nepo uh, baby, I'm a Nepo baby. From what I gathered from the Telegraph story, just to redirect this back on track somewhat, um, some of these groups do actually want some kind of clarity and don't think banning tools like ChatGPT outright is actually realistic. Um, I suppose it's like what my mum used to tell me when I was a teenager about girls or alcohol. Uh, Essentially, if you're going to do this stuff... I'd rather it was under the safety of my roof and not in a bush behind a bus depot in Macclesfield. I don't think those those were her exact words. Uh, no, it, was, it was broadly along those lines. Anyway, um, so uh, the Telegraph, I'm going to quote this bit from the Telegraph story because it's, it's, um, it's quite detailed. Uh, it said, quote, 
The Joint Council for Qualifications, which represents the UK's eight biggest exam boards, is expected to set out a view of what should happen shortly. However, it will be up to regulator Ofqual, great, great name, uh, to determine the rules. The international, can you pronounce this word, please? Uh, where are we? I mean, it's, I think it's like baccalaureate. I'm just not sure. Oh, yeah, baccalaureate. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. Isn't it? Right. yeah, yeah. Um, which offers a, does the alternatives to A-levels, uh, has already said that students will be allowed to use ChatGPT Chat GPT to help write essays as long as they clearly credit the computer program when using its responses. In contrast, Oxford and Cambridge universities have both banned the use of AI in coursework and exams because of fears of plagiarism. Um, so, this what it seems to me is if kids are going to use this if we create at least a framework that 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 permits the uh the 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 type of use that is allowed then we can at least work with the kids rather than fight against them and that's better and less time wasting for everyone it's mm. kind of some sort of a middle ground you say i saw it quoted as a half a sensible halfway house i think by someone in that in that in that paper um, yeah okay so i mean it, this is a this is a difficult one because yes i think i don't see ai in this context as being that different from google yeah i don't necessarily feel like you know google gave gave students with the internet um an advantage over those perhaps who didn't have the internet you know, in the early days, when thing I'm mean, probably not Google, probably Ask Jeeves or Alta Vista or something like that. Um, but they they probably gave people an advantage. I mean, certainly when I was at university, uh, internet access was, you know, certainly a possibility, but it wasn't common in for students apart from on campus. Um, so I can sort of see that um, you know these days it's not like that. Everyone can probably use ChatGPT, and you know the the, the playing field is a bit more level. Um, but I think you'd be very, very unwise to go into a graded exam taking anything that ChatGPT said without a big pinch of also looking in books and things and, you know, doing your own research. So I I can see why they're not... I don't think this is a big terror. I don't see it like that. I think asking an AI to write an essay for you is stupid and you shouldn't do it. Uh, but I think using it as a prompt, as I have been doing, and I'm sure everyone does, you know, like if you need to get your imagination going, like I want to write this uh, paper about uh, the future of AI in education and it gives you some prompts and then you think about that and you go away and do a bit of research yourself and but it gives you an idea about how you could structure it I would say that's fine but yes typing in write me a paper and then using the output of that as your paper would be foolish listening live Mark uh, Mark R says it reminds me a bit of when graphical calculators came in and, exa ah, yes. and examiners adopted the uh, adapted the format of questions so it was harder um, just to get the answers from the calculator Yes, I had a graphical calculator into which I attempted to program a number of, um, you know, uh, formulae that I would be using during the exam. Uh, and uh, and then I don't think that helped me at all, as I recall. They they wanted us to wipe our uh, scientific cal graphical calculators before we went in, uh, which none of us did, I don't believe. But I also got a terrible grade, so it can't have been a, much of an advantage. In my experience using ChatGPT, and I use it, I use it an awful lot. Um, well, it's your basically your business right now. 
as far as my upcoming TV show, uh, have I mentioned that I'm making a TV yes. show that everyone should watch? Um, <laughs> yes, it... and you'll mention it every week until it happens, I imagine. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> I've been using ChatGPT quite a um, quite a lot, as well as a, a variety of others. Um, and what I find is becoming very apparent is that it's very difficult for it to it basically homogenizes all ways of speaking to to the extent that if if teachers will need to get smarter at figuring out the kinds of wording that individual students use mm. and therefore be able to spot when unusual patterns slip in which yes. is also difficult in what I understand is quite a difficult time for teachers who have a lot of students and very little time and such an effort to identify that kind of plagiarism takes time and effort, uh, which might not always be feasible. So the answer... It does. Yeah. But teachers are also quite used to spotting plagiarism. And I think at this level, at the A level, maybe GCSE and, you know, and, and university levels, I, I think they're probably already okay at sort of seeing when a student has just sort of transitioned language, so to speak. Yeah. And John in live chat says, I'm already, who, who is a teacher, uh, I'm already recognizing it when kids use it as I see some phrases reused. Yeah. You know. I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's, and, and that's I think decent. I think that's, th this has always been the challenge with teaching because you know there's nothing to stop if if we're talking about an exam condition thing, well, that's different um, because obviously who has a computer in an exam? I mean, I don't know. Do they have computers in exams these days? I I don't I don't know. But um, I think teachers have to be aware of the possibility that an older brother or sister might write the thing, or a parent. You know, parents often do help their children out uh, out of a, an abundance of love. Uh, without sort of really considering they're not really doing anyone a favor mm. um oh so john says most exams are computerized now yeah i suppose that makes sense um so uh, obviously there are ways to prevent people from actually using chat gpt during an exam mm. uh but also you know why why not i mean in a way it gives it gives students a, another skill which is they can take the output of chat gpt and learn <clears throat> something from it but without relying on it that's going to be a that's going to be a valuable tool that could be part of every job in the next 50 years or, you know, or tools or tools like it because i yeah. i mean i remember i mean i was never allowed calculators in 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 school we weren't even allowed digital watches when i was taking exams um and I still have all those nightmares about my teacher, Mrs. North, saying that everyone in class would at some point need a protractor in their career. And to this day, I've never <laughs> used a protractor uh, or a set Neither square. have I. Um, Why? In, in, I mean, it, that's a ridiculous thing to say. We were journalists for crying out loud, or are in your case. Yes. Um, what would a protractor do for you? Precisely. and, and Unless you were a protractor reviewer. It's funny. When I, when I was five years old, I don't remember telling mrs north that uh, i would one day work for a financial newswire and therefore protractors would be superfluous to requirements but we mm. live in we live and learn mate uh, we live and learn that was over 30 years ago i think that um the way that this is evolving seems to be relatively sensible which is essentially create a framework make sure everyone's on the same page and then come up with better ways of setting exams that test 
the the kinds of creativity or problem solving that a person in the real world will actually need because we all have a calculator and indeed what is essentially a supercomputer in our pockets at all times mm. uh, with all the world's information basically a finger tap away so exams need to adapt uh, repeat and adapt and repeat and adapt and eventually uh, much like a good deep learning system uh, will just get better so i suppose it's broadly good that yes. this, is ha- this is happening yeah but- i i think i always applaud it when and i think education is pretty good for this broadly speaking when they sort of accept the fact that the world is changing rapidly and that they they need to just adapt to it like, rather than standing around going it's bad do you know what here's an idea that's just come into my mind and and i pose this to any teachers or or people in education listening is let's let's say we get rid of homework as it's currently expect as is currently viewed and and sounds delightful so you, you you know there is no such thing anymore as uh you have to write this at home and bring it in and a teacher has to mark it we get rid of that entirely instead all examinations take like a day and you have a sit at a computer to to do the work you have the internet but the screen's being recorded and however you find the knowledge at home um whether that's through something like chat gpt or books or wikipedia or anything that still forms the basis of what's expected for revision but actually you have to sit at a computer and do the work and research the work Mm. right there and to know what to look for and to know yeah. what to put into chat gpt and it's very easy then for an examiner to also if they're suspicious to look at a screen recording and say well they've just copied that but actually the kind of reasoning and questions that you would have to put into a machine you'd still have to know what to ask and know what to consider including in an essay and therefore doing that like Yes, I mean that sounds like an onerous task for an examiner, but I get I get what you're driving at, and I think that's probably a really good way of teaching people because ultimately, what it boils down to is you know you're never going to know everything, and you're always going to want to double check things when you're working in an industry. You know, like you know whatever you do, uh, you know it could be it could be being a journalist where you're going to need fact checking, or it could be just writing something at work where you want to make sure you're not you know writing nonsense and you're giving people the most up-to-date information so you know it's a really really good life skill that yeah and it would give you more time to do it if you had to do some of these things you know in a, in a day rather than in 45 yeah. minutes it again reflects i mean short of deadlines which sometimes certainly in, in our newsroom can be within five or ten minutes you have to act very quickly to hit those deadlines um it actually reflects real life a little bit better mm. and, and and perhaps it would be a little more relaxed if you knew well, that you I, had all day to do it I've always I've always strongly hated exams for, as they stand because you're not testing someone's intellect or ability to learn new things or uh, or to work through a problem. All you're doing is really testing their ability to retain information. And um, you know, I mean, obviously that, that that's not true of all exams, but it certainly is true of uh, of you know maths exams, or it was in my day. You know, obviously English requires that you understand how writing works and that you're able to recall grammatical rules and such uh but it doesn't you you know and and you need to have an understanding of how to do things so that's obviously you know and maths isn't different like you know that what what maths boils down to is understanding how things work and how to apply them in the real world so yeah 
I don't think any of this necessarily needs to be terrifying. Um, Nick has a great comment in our live chat who says, I think the most important skill that's not on the curriculum is critical thinking. It's hard to disagree with that. I should have disagreed with that because it wouldn't be very critically thinking of me. <laughs> well, if you are thinking critically and would like to let us know what you think about anything we've just discussed, do have your say. Hello at UKTechShow.com. I think it's an important topic to discuss and you can let us know your thoughts. We'll get to them on next week's or the next episodes that we uh, that we have because I'm not sure if we'll be here next week because I have to fly to the US. Did I mention I'm making a TV show? You did. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Rolled Dahl ebooks. I mean, we've, I'm sure we've all heard of the recent controversy around Rolled Dahl. And the Times is reporting that amid recent news that publishers of his books are reworking some of the language to fit in with the modern world, uh, some readers aren't being given a choice. Owners of ebooks apparently have noticed that changes have been made to their copies without them seeking the new version, adding fuel to the already a tedious argument about the rights and wrongs of updating books uh, a classic internet dis- discourse that has of course polarized opinion resulting in high quality online debate around the matter <laughs> no just kidding it's toxic af uh, <laughs> however while it's certainly worth discussing the merits of changing popular works this is more of a reminder that in the modern age we don't really own the things that we own and we're merely granted a license to use them uh, and even that may not last forever uh, boy genius report includes some examples uh, which at the risk of immediate cancellation i will read now this is exactly how uh, bgr described it uh, charlie and the chocolate factory for example augustus gloop will no longer be described as fat in another of Dull's books the witches it has reportedly changed a line uh, even if she is working as a cashier in a supermarket or typing letters for a businessman into even if she is working as a top scientist or running a business uh now is comes the point where we will entirely calmly discuss this nate have you experienced this or anything similar yes and i and i think it's wise to point out here that we're we're talking about this in the context of ebooks being re- yes. reverse engineered post purchase not more the- than the discussion about the rights and wrongs of changing books yeah exactly um and i'm actually this reminded me a little bit of when people change lyrics and things in songs and in and in other works of art because this isn't limited just to um to to literature and there have been examples in my own library and i remember there being a a taylor swift song where a line that was in the single was was um was reverse engineered out of the line in the the version that was ultimately released and i ripped the original version from a cd i owned because i preferred the version that hadn't been changed uh, and i kind of objected to the, the the track being changed i know that more recently was it beyonce or someone and it was another u.s singer had a line that that was offensive i forget which word it was now but um Oh, Lizzo, Kate is saying in in live chat. There was there was there was some there was some word uh, in in there that was deemed okay. We can't have this, so it was it was re-recorded yes. and and re and re-released. So this 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 does 
this does happen um and we've seen lots of examples of of retconning changes like in the most recent uh in south park the one of the only black children in south park who up to the very very recently had been called token they made a as in token black they they changed the history to make it actually that everyone had misunderstood uh, or rather misheard and his name was tolkien as in Uh. as in jrr jrr yeah um and to the extent that all previous episodes were tweaked with their subtitles that when tolkien was speaking uh, wow. the, the subtitle was changed to refer to him as Tolkien, but when the kids and everyone else, they didn't re-record the dialogue because the the way it was done was to say, well, everyone had misunderstood it up to this point, so we shouldn't yeah. change the words because that's what they thought his name was. And for, for a show like South Park, which has some, frankly, some of the most boundary-pushing content in mainstream media in terms of how it approaches controversial topics um that was a pretty significant move by yeah, the creators I mean, to change something fundamental to the show i mean token had been a character since the, ep- since the first episode the whole point of that was to make a point though like you, yeah. you know the, the character was named that for a reason it was it was a it was in itself a commentary it but was. anyway whatever and what i like about the way that particular instance was 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 done um was that it didn't actually change the satirical nature of why the character was named what it was named in the first place because mm. it's still true that everyone in the world thought that's what his name was and never questioned it and that's still yes. that's still there the only thing that changed is more recently it was just mentioned like you you're hearing my name wrong that's that's not it it sounds very similar yeah. but it's not and and you know south park's done a lot of very interesting stuff on 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 race but anyway point is it's about how historically things have been changed whether it's song lyrics um and when they're digitally distributed they can be changed after the fact if it's uh, if it's TV shows, even going back and changing subtitles, it's a thing. But if you own those original copies, they cannot be changed. And and I I I don't I, I don't have an issue with things when they are clearly labelled. But I do still think that it should be um, it should definitely be a choice. And I do agree. Yes, I think I think to take someone's choice away from that, and and to once again illustrate that you know we don't we don't have any agency over ebooks and the, the only way to you know have any consistency is to buy a printed book it is it is a sort of damning indictment of of that that medium and i think it's a, a, yeah. a bit of a shame really um i i just, you know i mean obviously we don't particularly want to get into the debate about whether those changes are appropriate but you know i it, it seems like we've we seem to be in a period i know it will pass where we've kind of lost our minds i do get the i do get the point that you know if we're le- letting our kids read these things then you know changing it might might be welcome for some people like some people who you know let their kids read their kindles and have the role double books they, they you know they might think this is actually kind of a good move uh, so I'm not insensitive to that as a as a notion. I do just think it's like we should be given version control, if you want, where you can uh, look at the version you wanted to. I mean, I've read these books as a kid anyway. I've already, you know, been exposed to it. So it's not going to yeah. je- jeopardize anything for me to read them again like that. Uh, again, uh, 
you know i mean they're talking about I, re- I read actually this this morning when i was doing some research on this that something similar is going to happen to the james bond books which are getting re-released later this mm. year and i think some of the i've not read any of those early early books but apparently some of them do make some uh do use terminology and language that we definitely wouldn't include um if if they were written today um but it also it i mean i don't know how relevant this is but it it all it actually made me think of um of religious texts you know just just to really anger people a little bit here um but i mean if you go back if you look through some i mean i'm talking christian about christian texts here and specifically old old testament stuff i mean there's a lot of if you read someone something like deuteronomy uh, or leviticus you know there's a lot of stuff there dealing with morals and law uh and there's some you know there's some pretty outdated stuff in there about what's cool and what isn't and a lot of i think a lot of modern christians will just sort of say well that's not super relevant to us today so we'll just sort of ignore that uh and just focus on the bits that are actually relevant um and that seems to be a relatively smart approach right um i kind of think that's okay yeah I, yeah and leave, i mean leave it for historical context and discussion but it's it's not you're, what you're, well, you're forcing on people you're also at the mercy of translators and 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 um at, you know in those cases anyway because th- th- those texts are never you know exactly what was originally written and what was written was not originally written you know it was uh, likely to be stories that were told to people um and you know writing them down has given them a sort of fixed point um but yes i mean i well i mean if you were to ask a christian they would probably tell you that um <clears throat> the old testament doesn't really mean anything anyway in the modern context it's all about what's in the new testament yeah but that's another debate that it is and, I, and, it, and it's not for us to be sitting here saying you know whether whether religious texts are right or, or wrong but my i think what we're saying and i think maybe we do we, we agree on this part is is that there is some stuff that you know rather than going back and trying to expunge it entirely it becomes form part of the conversation of this is how far we've come this is how things have changed this is the yeah. context um i mean we do not represent i think uh, a particularly diverse viewpoint here Ian, <laughs> uh, and i no. would very much welcome counter narrative but... No, but i would describe myself as fat though so that that doesn't uh, equip me to talk about augustus glute maybe um Perhaps. but i have actually run into this problem before because you know if even if I, even if one views oneself as fat describing you know anyone else that way would not be acceptable because it does make people feel bad um and you have i mean obviously the world is complicated and people are offended by all sorts of different things and you know and i certainly do try not to be offensive i know that will sound ridiculous uh but certainly not personally offensive i would uh, happily carpet bomb any sort of government policy or whatever um but uh, you know i like i i there's also there uh, there is also a point that to some extent we do need to understand what these people were about like you know Roald Dahl for many and I would include myself in this is a pretty cherished author but as a person he was a fairly despicable dude with a record of saying some quite heinous anti-semitic things um and I think that the you know the eternal debate is always going to be you know separating art from the artist etc I mean god knows J.K. Rowling's going through that um at the moment 
because obviously her books are beloved and it turns out that she has opinions that are not particularly pleasant. But even so, it's, you know, there's still things that people love and, I, uh, you know, and we do have to sort of separate that. I find it very difficult. Um, I don't is, know how, is. how you find it because there's plenty of musicians and other artists that are, are not good people but who for whom we still enjoy their work. I just think if you're going to use technology in for something like this let's not use it to try and expunge and completely pretend, it didn't pretend things didn't happen let's use it to discuss why they shouldn't happen again why it was wrong and so on and so forth but that's maybe 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 that's just one view of what i'm sure are thousands of other views um if you have one of those views by all means send <laughs> it to us hello at uktechshow.com um and uh, did we make it out of that segment without getting cancelled who knows we'll find out you can always re-edit the podcast yeah i mean we'll just we'll just <laughs> if, if, pretend if, it didn't happen we'll just go back and 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 dub just dub, dub something in We'll, re- yeah. we'll rebadge it. Um, it. Here is interstitial3.wav, formerly known as 3.wav. I'd like to say, I th- actually, I'd like to, I'm going to big up the Discord people here because they're all patrons who listen, who listen live uh, and get to listen to us live every week or get to listen to our entire unedited unexpunged back catalog of several hundred episodes at this point uh, both in their raw form with our pre and post show discussions all intact uh, on demand whenever you want wherever you want uh, and extra message ian did one this week as well as me uh, partly because i didn't do one last week so you had they had two Ooh, th- you monster so i had two this week um, and uh, you can get all of that and more at patreon.com forward slash uk tech thank you to everyone who supports us it's a fab way to live your life you've made excellent life choices um (laughs) we're now going to talk about tech in travel for the first time in a while Well, we just had uh, a fantastic... A blazing debate. argument! That was an excellent argument about wireless <laughs> charging. Uh, if you're a patron, you know that. If you're not a patron. Yeah. And also, if you've heard the show like ever, you'll know that we disagree on this point routinely. Yes. Uh, usually, I'm, I'm, I'm correct. Uh, and I think that was the case and, with But this not one. in this case, unfortunately. So, I'll tell you who is almost always correct. Um, in fact, I... I re- I rarely hear him say anything incorrect. Uh, his name's Tom Merritt. He does Daily Tech News Show. This is what's been happening in the wider world of tech news this week. Well, thank you. This week on Daily Tech News Show, the important bits from Mobile World Congress. Uh, basically rollable screens. They're on the way in a couple of years. There's some interesting uses for them too. Plus, Rod Simmons talks about LastPass and what password manager you might want to consider using. Volkswagen is launching an app store for cars using Android as the basis. We talked to Chris Ashley about whether range anxiety for EVs is exaggerated and why. And Allison Sheridan tells us what text she took when she visited Antarctica. All that and much more at dailytechnewsshow.com. Oh, a related conversation in uh, DTNS to our Patreon 
discussion. It is. And it's funny, but we decided to include that in the show before we heard that. So it's clearly on a lot of people's <laughs> minds. And I should just really? point out, I'm not going to Antarctica uh, to shoot the TV show. That oh, you're I'm going to New York. I can't remember if I, I mentioned that we're working you on did. it. You did. Def- you definitely, definitely definitely did yeah okay all right just checking uh of interest then what what password manager do you use these days i don't well i do um huh, difficult question uh i i use several uh i store them in my iphone i store them in an app called uh m secure i think it's called which i don't like but i put all my passwords in it now huh. but the thing that drew me to it was it does not sync or didn't when I first started using it via the cloud. It was uh, you would only you basically you have the PC one you have running, and then you open the mobile one and you can sync them over Wi-Fi locally, mm-hmm. which I wanted because there's no cloud involvement, which is where everything always goes wrong. As soon as you involve the cloud, that's it. So that was what drew me to it. But yeah, you know the, the Apple passwords thing is. Too convenient, frankly, and I, you know, you have to have so many passwords. So you do. Well, it's worth a listen, uh, particularly if you are a LastPass user. Um, DailyTechNewsShow.com. Um, that's it. I would like to thank everyone who leaves us reviews for this episode. Well, for this show, because frankly, it is the best way of supporting us for zero money. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend tell a spouse play it in a school do anything frankly anytime someone says tell a friend i can only think of eminem the rapper yeah why because it's in a song isn't it is it yeah oh i just know that one about when he tried to kill his wife i don't think he talked about podcasts in that though Mm, no probably not probably doesn't mention podcasts at all hmm well, uh, if you'd like to mention podcasts in a review, please do that. Um, otherwise, Ian is going to sing us out of this week's show. I am most certainly not going to do that, I can tell you. I might do many things, but singing is absolutely not one of them. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.